impartations. What do we mean? Well, let's look at Romans 1. Let's get a little definition. And there's three or four or five scriptures maybe. Not going to take me long. Because we've had such good teaching uh, from Pastor Parker and Pastor Jacobs, Jr., uh, over here, really last night. And, and then, of course, I, I wasn't here for Brother Les, of course, but I know it was wonderful. And Pastor Parker just went on and on in the back room t to me about how good that was. And I'm sure Miss Becky's was just as uh, powerful. And uh, we, we appreciate people in our church that can minister the Word and who have walked with God for a while and, and know some things that they can impart. So really, you've got impartations all through the meeting in one way. And uh, so... Uh, Romans 1, 11 and 12 says, look at this with me, Romans 1, 11, I long to see you that I may impart unto you. Now, there are some things you can get from a prayer cloth and, and you could get information off CDs and books and materials and, you know, things like that. But there's something about being in a meeting. I think Pastor Parker alluded to it. I don't remember. It could have been Jordan. But there's something about being there in that meeting. If you get what God's wanting to do, it changes you forever and uh, it's interesting here it says I long to see you see there was a longing of a spiritual father for that group from his heart to them it wasn't like well I'm going to go ahead and preach no I'm longing to see you that's the way I feel tonight longing to see all of you to help you and put something in you if I have anything of value then let that go into you tonight and things like that and we're going to talk about it. I just remember when Dr. Dufresne got into my life and oh my gosh some of you don't know me, but didn't know me back then. But I mean, I was a teacher, and I mean, I'm not apologizing for that. But man, all the things that that came after I got around him, and he began to put things in me, knock things off of me, and 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 stir up things in me that I had that I didn't realize I even had. That's why I said to some of you, you don't, you know, I'm not making fun. Just listen. There's things in you you don't even realize you've that you have yet. It'll take you some time praying in tongues, like it's taken me. It'll take you some time studying the Bible until you think you've studied yourself into oblivion to figure some things out. It'll take some time for you to get quiet and turn off all the noise and all your friends and all the music and everything else. Music has its place. But when it, I'm talking about where you press into God, where you get in that room with Him. You're in my room tonight, in the room of the prophet. And what I'm saying is, though, when you get in a place, a room where you're with God and you begin to stay in His presence until He speaks to you and gives you definition for what you think you might be called to do, and you, then you start walking in that. And then if you have a spiritual father, He'll help guide you in that if you want to be guided. And, of course, the Holy Ghost is there too. But a lot of times when we're younger, we don't realize sometimes. I think Pastor Parker talked about me and you know I went up to Indianapolis to see Dr. Fram still talking about impartations and I was getting the Holy Ghost and I'd get so excited I'd get a word of knowledge or something and that's certainly nothing to not be excited about but I would get going so fast I'd miss about half of what God had for me to do when it regarded another person or situation or whatever it might be and I, I've sat in the, I sat because I got there kind of late I apologized for that to him later because I made a late decision to go and I had to drive from here to Indianapolis, me and Pastor Keith, and we didn't want to get a ticket. But we were really booking it up there, and we got there, and doctor was already up ministering. And God said, now you watch tonight, and I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you what you need to do and why you've been doing what you're doing, not quite as accurate as you could be. You haven't been as skillful, and this is why you're moving too fast. So ever since then, I made an adjustment. 
And sometimes, you know, God gives you things you, you didn't even dream up. It's not like you're sitting around thinking of something. I was in a meeting in Texas a couple years ago, and I said, there's somebody here. Uh, I thought they were there. I'm going to tell you the whole story. I said, and you have, you have such migraine headaches, they stick a needle in your head. I never heard of that before. I never knew anybody did anything like that from a doctor. And a lady finally raised her hand and said, well, that's my friend. And she didn't make it tonight, and they do just what you said. They stick a needle in her head because she, this headache thing, this migraine thing is so intense for her. And my, my word of knowledge was you have migraine so uh, dysfunctioning to you, you can't function for three or four days at a time. You're like in a semi-coma. She said, well, that's my friend. Said they stick a needle in her head and shoot her full of dope of some sort to get her to where she can even just function, not function much, but just live through it. And I said, well, can you bring her to... She was supposed to be there that night, see? See, she missed her appointment, really, and God was merciful. And I said by the Holy Ghost, I said, you bring her tomorrow night, and I'll pray for her anyway. And she'll get it. And she came, and I prayed for her, and God delivered her. Hallelujah. How many are listening to me? See, there was a hesitancy in me sometime to give something like that because I never heard of that before. I thought, what in the world? <laughs> you know... But we're talking about impartations. and Let me read on here. Let's read it again. Verse 11, I long to see you. By the way, I've been reading that for years, and the Lord said, look up the word see. And I said, well, you know, I wasn't talking back to God. I just said, well, uh, he said, what do you think that means? I said, well, it must mean something beyond what I'm thinking. I'm thinking I see somebody. He said, well, you're partially right, but the word in Greek is perception. So he says, I long to see you. In other words, I long to be around you so I can perceive what it is you need or what it is you're lacking or what it is you need to have to get you into another level. This is what, and God's endeavoring tonight when we get ready to pray for you in about 25 minutes here, that he's going to want to help all of you come into another level in the spirit. It's not a spooky world. It's not a weird world, but it's a different, you know, you've got to boost up into something. And I want to be honest with tell you, most people have no idea what I'm talking about. Not you, but you're not going to be able to share this with your friends and have them understand that. Only people that are spiritual would even understand it. But you'll know it when you get imparted to, if you'll take it and listen to me, care, and you'll do something to nourish it. You're not going to go home, watch 30 hours of TV a week and just goof off and go to the movies all the time and other stuff like that, you might go to some. But you see what I'm saying? You can't just get a holy impartation. And, you have, and I'll show you from the Word. It's not that it's coming from me. It's coming through me. Impartations aren't man-given. They're God-given. I'm going to show you that in just a minute. But they come from God, but that God uses a person to funnel it through. You know, God doesn't have any hands except these and yours. Yeah, he has hands, but he don't use his hands down here. You understand what I mean by that? You're, well, he's the head and we're the body. Where's the hands at? In the body. So even though things come from God, they come through somebody that's anointed by him to minister through them to somebody, but things that aren't of this world. Talking about impartations, I long to see you. Sometimes you get around somebody you can perceive. I can do that with some of the preachers that get around them, and I know immediately you're not up to snuff. I don't know what they've been doing. Sometimes I ask them, you know, how come, how come you don't seem like you're where you should be? Well, I don't know. I said, well, you do know. You going to tell me or what? I mean, I can tell you're not where you were six months ago. I don't challenge everybody like that. Only the ones I really love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And sometimes you get a smart, elegant answer, and sometimes you get a genuine. 
sometimes people that are honest, you know. But, you know, we all go through changes, but we've got to learn to see. Paul was saying, I long to see you so I could perceive where you're at, that I, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. Notice that. Some spiritual gift. Now, he's not talking there so much about the gifts of the Spirit, but he is, in the Greek, the word gift here means a spiritual endowment. You know what an endowment is? They endow the university down here. Somebody leaves a lot of money, and they start a new wing of some project down there to, mean, to study some subject that maybe they didn't have the money to do prior to that endowment. All of a sudden, that endowment, financial endowment, now I'm talking about that, would allow them to do things they couldn't do previous to that. I was preaching this down in Nashville about 10 years ago, some of what I'm sharing with you. Pastor Keith said a lady, an elderly lady passed away, and she endowed Vanderbilt University with $300 million. You could do a couple things with that. Probably build a six-story building and a world-class professor and hire 20 sub-professors under him or her and, and do all kinds of research that they couldn't have done prior to that with that kind of endowment. And that's the same for in the Spirit. When God endows somebody, I'm talking about me right now, when He endows somebody with something, it comes from heaven and it causes that individual to be able to do things you couldn't have done without that endowment. In 208, God dealt with me. In 208, I got saved in 71. You figure up how many years that was. In 208, he dealt with me. He said, I'm going to start using you to minister to people with lung problems. It's the first time I knew about it. He, I may have had a word of knowledge somewhere in all those years, but it wasn't a predominant thing. And all of a sudden, I got in some meetings and started ministering to people. Had all, I've got all kinds of people been healed. Now, listen to me from the impartation. Got healed of asthma. Got healed of our, uh, all kinds of uh, bronchial problems, emphysema. Had a one lady out in California at the Simons Church. God gave her a new lung. Three quarters of one of her lungs had been removed surgically for cancer. And right after that, she came to my meeting, still in recovery, really. Pastor Debbie said, I thought she was almost something for coming that early. I thought she needed to stay home and recoup a little better. But she got in the meeting, and I said, I didn't even remember saying it until they were my... I, I prayed for several about lung issues. And when I got to her, she fell out. I laid hand, I kicked her in the foot easily, and I said... God's given you a new lung, and then just went on. And God gave her a new lung, went back to the same surgeon and took it out. He said, I don't understand this. I took that out. What happened? She said, God happened. Amen. You see, now what I'm saying is, if I didn't have that endowment, they wouldn't be getting new lungs. <laughs> you know, see, I'm just trying to give an illustration. I'm not trying to point to me. I'm talking about this word impartation to you. And there's all kinds of endowments. And, uh, and now God said to me a couple years ago, I'm 62. When I'm 60, you're going to start imparting to this newer generation. That's not like I wasn't, but I was coming into a different level of, and it was more serious to me and more sobering to me, and more responsibility for me to impart to the younger generation and to my sons, you know, Brother Jordan and, and, and Pastor here, but all of you that want to be sons and daughters. You don't have to be in the ministry full time to be a son and daughter. If you're in this church and want to be shepherded and ministered to. Hallelujah. Now he says, I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. This word gift, I want to go over it again. It's the word that means a spiritual endowment, a miraculous faculty, a deliverance, or a rescue. Now, God's been using us for over 30 years now in deliverance, and we didn't have any that I know of. Well, I did have discerning of spirits, but I didn't even have that at the beginning. I just started out just raw, teaching people that you could be delivered from demons. Took a lot of slack from all my fellow pastors. Took misunderstanding from my own church members. 
But everybody got free, loved me for it because they got delivered. <laughs> and then later on kicked in, you know, the discerning of spirits where we would not just see devils, we'd see angels too. But when we got to some people, we'd discern that certain things were there and we commanded to come out and things like that. And then just recently, just what, how long was the meeting, Pastor Parker, when we went to California? Two, three, four weeks ago? And I was sitting on the front row. Dr. Dufresne came over on Friday morning. A lot of guys left Thursday night. They missed it. And, and Miss Morgan preached his daughter-in-law, preached a great message. Wow. About a 30-minute message. And then uh, doctor got up and he started calling out preachers everywhere. And about 40 of us before it was all done, he came over to me and he said, Put your hands out. And I felt that angel come in the room a couple minutes prior to that. I didn't see him, but I felt him. I know what angels sent in the spirit. If You know, I don't know if I'll just go on with it. And uh, he said, put your hands out. And, he, and I did. And he said, there's angel here. And I knew he was there. I didn't see him, but I could sense him. He said, he's putting your finger in each palm of your hand. And knew a stronger anointing for deliverance. People get in bondage in their minds. And people get in bondage in their emotions and different things. like. And you're not only going to minister. And they'd be instantly like a band broken. I remember that time we ministered to Glenna, your mother. She had problems with migraine headaches. It wasn't a deliverance like a demon, but yet she'd get these headaches. And she said it was like, and I, my word was to her, uh, to whoever it was, I didn't know it was her. There's like a band around your head. If you're here, come up here. She came up my brain. She said that thing just snapped. Well, it wasn't a physical band you could see, but it was creating all kinds of havoc for her headaches. And she told me a while back she hadn't had any more I, that I know of. But now God said, I'm going to put a special anointing in you for deliverance. <laughs> see, see, this is over a long period of time. I'm trying to show you impartations can come. And we've been used in that area. You know, I may not need to say a certain thing, or I might when you come up. If you want to come up, if you're brave enough to come up, I'd like to help you. But the point is, you know, I'm just trying to depict a little bit of some of the things that God uses us. He may use you different. There's some of you that have been around me a long time and are good receivers, and God's called you to have an anointing similar to mine. Then you'll start behaving somewhat similar to me in some areas. But you're not a clone. We're not cloning people here. Pastor Dennis, he's got my anointing for deliverance more than any of my sons up to this point. Pastor Keith, he, doesn't, he, he, he could do that, but he doesn't have that same endowment for me like Pastor Dennis. But Pastor Keith has anointing. Pastor Dennis and I don't have. You've heard him preach. I don't have that. I, boy, that's a wonderful anointing. I didn't give it to him. Must have been the Holy Ghost just gave it to him. He gets up and preaches, and before you know it, I'm, I'm like you. I'm wanting to stand up and shout and, and throw a napkin at him or something. You know, hey. He just gets me up like that. Not everybody can do that, but he. But it's not hype. There's substance to it. See, I'm not trying to give me any glory. I'm trying to show you all these different anointings. They're all different. But we need these impartations. It says here. Notice it says. I know I'm riding this a little bit, but it's a good ride. I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, or what he really says is out of my endowments. And, and out of the miraculous faculties that God has put in me to give you something to the end, look at that, that you may be established. See, there's, God's endeavoring to get you more established tonight. And then he says, that is, that I may be comforted together with you. You know, when people receive well, that comforts me, and it should comfort them. 
Then he says, by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Notice that, the mutual faith. So whatever it's going to take in just a little bit here, I'm going to have faith to release what I have, and you're going to have to have faith to take it. And things will go in you, and things will be imparted to you, and then you let the Lord work that out. But if you're serious about it, something will happen to you tonight, help take you to a stronger level. And you just got to realize not everybody that you run with or know is going to appreciate it or enjoy it or even understand it. You just got to flow with God. Hallelujah. I'm, I know I'm teaching some things kind of strong here, but I'm, I think we need to hear it. This is another reason sometimes people don't get any further. They want me to do all the believing. It's not a mutual faith thing. It's a me faith thing. You give me what you got. And I'll, and, and then they don't want to do what it takes to maintain it or grow in it or develop it or be skillful. There's a lot of things to these things. And I don't have time in one session not complaining. Just going to talk to you a little bit about it. I wrote some notes here, uh, you know, a couple years ago. Uh, in, in the Greek there, we said this means a spiritual endowment, miraculous faculty, a deliverance or a rescue. How many know that girl had to stick a needle in her head? The doctor had to. She got a rescue from something. Paul was imparting out of his endowment from God to others in this passage, and it was from a supernatural source. It was a miraculous faculty. It provided deliverance and a rescue for the people to whom he imparted. Impartations come to us through men and women of God and help take us to the next level. These impartations can give us new equipment or enhance the spiritual equipment we already have. You, know, you can get upgraded. Hallelujah. Sometimes there will be callings and anointings and mantles that lie dormant in people. It's just there's no movement there hardly. That's what dormant means. Impartations can cause movement and increase much like a chemical catalyst that causes change when added. You know, if you add certain chemicals together, you get a reaction. That's what the nuclear power plant's all about. You know, and it's creating a lot of energy. Of course, if it gets out of kilter, it creates a lot of devastation. But we're talking about good edifying things that when you get an impartation from God, it begins to create a movement on the inside of you and a reaction if you'll, if you'll follow it. Let the Lord show you how to do that. And of course, if you just come into church here, you'll learn from me and others that we have in the pulpit. And after an impartation, we're suddenly aware of certain things maybe we weren't aware of before. See, you know, when I got around Dr. Dufresne and he started imparting to me, he recognized something in me I didn't see. And he started, uh, uh, you know, imparting to me to stir that up. And then one time when he talked to me about the prophet's ministry in 2004, I was with him in Kuwait, which is way over there by Iran and Iraq. And uh, <clears throat> he said, now you can't go like you've been as a teacher and preach for an hour and a half and expect to move in the spirit. You'll be wore out, son. If you're going to move with the prophets, you have to condense your preaching, condense your teaching, and yield to the Spirit when He tells you to. And then you'll have energy to flow with that. So I'm being cautious of that tonight, but I do have a couple things to say. There's Sometimes here's what happens when you get an, I'm telling you what to expect. Sometimes a new sensitivity to the things of the Spirit. A lot of times people that are really in the Spirit here, you may pick up things before I do it and know that's going to come. That didn't mean you were supposed to do it. just means you were sensitive. I'm in meetings a lot of times. Dr. Frayne, I know, man, angels just came in here. I wonder what all that's about. And all of a sudden, he'll stop. There's an angel flying through here with a scroll. And it says, now are the time for signs and wonders and miracles. 
or I'll say, you know, I could, something's going to happen about spines. About that time, doctors say, I got a word of knowledge here. People with spines get up, crooked spines, messed up spines get up here. And how did I know that? I'm not trying to one-up him, but I'm in the spirit with him. And some of those same operations function in my life. Now, if I didn't have a word of knowledge and I wasn't sensitive, just, you know, just showing up to be in a meeting for whatever, not sensitive, I wouldn't know any more than the guy next to me. I'm not trying to make you have something you don't have. But if you, it, it's, these are operate all different for different people. And I can't give you a gift of the Spirit, but I can impart out of my gifting. And what will happen is you begin to stir up whatever's in you. I'm going to show you that from this Word in just a minute. See, don't try to be me. I'm not trying to be doctor. Some people, when I preach, they say, man, you remind us of doctor. I say, well, thank you. I wasn't trying to be like doctor. I'm not ashamed to be like doctor. But I got things in me that when I get in the Spirit, they say my mannerisms the way I walk and the way I do some things, I'm not conscious of that. I'm, I'm, on, I'm just trying to follow the Holy Ghost right then. And because 20 years of impartations and following His ministry, it would only stand to reason that some of those things, if because I'm called in a similar type of ministry, those things would be a part of me. How do you think He got them? He got them from Dr. Hagen and Dr. Summerall and men that He loved and that loved Him. And sometimes when I'm watching him preach, I see Dr. Summerall. <laughs> I don't see literally, but I, that's the boldness on Dr. Summerall coming out of him. And then I see other times Brother Hagen, a different, different anointing coming out, and like a Brother Hagen and stuff, because he got those two men put a lot in him. Here's something else that will happen. You'll enjoy a new accuracy towards the things of the Spirit. See, like your prayer life should take on a new dimension. Your word time, you should, you should, once you get something like this, it's not, we're not playing with this, like we're here to have a, just a play time, not at all, but that there would be a new hunger for the word. And maybe there's been obstacles for you, some of you tonight. I don't know. That's up to you. Maybe there's been physical things going on in your body that's hindered you. Maybe mental things, emotional things. And, and, or there's maybe a, um, a habit that keeps pulling you back. You, you break free for a while and you're, you're living clean, you're living right, and all of a sudden there's that habit and you yield to it and then you go, oh my gosh. And you repent and get back in and you go a little while and then, it's, and then you know, it's a constant deal. Let the anointing break that off you tonight, if that's the case. I'm not judging anybody. I got my own backyard to keep clean. But I'm just telling you that anointing in my hands will break that off of you and give you a clean start. Brother Jordan picked it up in prayer. When he was praying up here a minute ago. And let's give us all a new fresh start tonight. And not that everybody's living wrong. That's not what I'm preaching. And I'm just trying to help you have an impartation. You know, I went to church from 5 to 15. They didn't even know how to spell impartation. That never came up. I didn't know anything about impartation. I went to seminary and graduated. That never came up. And went on into the ministry and got out in the real world. And still didn't know anything. Even though I'd been to seminary and church for over 10 years as a kid... And then another 21 to 26, another five years on top of that, and still didn't know nothing when it came to what I'm talking to you about. I didn't even know this until 10 years ago, what I'm teaching you. See, he hit on it. He said, if you stick with your spiritual father, he could take you places that you couldn't go without him because you just didn't have anybody to tell you. What if they'd have had a class on this when I was in seminary? That would have been 30-some years ago. I graduated in 78 from seminary. A prestigious academic out your head seminary known for academics and scholarship and all that kind of stuff I'll be sweet 
I'm not a stupid man, but I don't, I don't want to be just an academic person. I want to be a spiritual man. That's what I'm after. Things of the Spirit will get things done that nothing else can. I know I was a drug addict and I went to rehab after rehab after I'm not going to do that and then I was doing that and I'm not going to do that and now I'm doing that and I'm not going to... And that's the way it always goes with natural-minded people. And there doesn't have to be drugs. It could be anything. Because you need the power of God to knock that off of you. You need impartations put in you and different things. And John Wesley, Dr. Dufresne and I were talking about this a while back, said that in John Wesley's uh, personal Bible, his notes on this passage in Romans 1, he said impartations can come through prayer, through preaching, through laying on of hands and private conversations. I'd say I've gotten as much from Dr. Dufresne in a private setting as I have in a public setting. But impartations come through prayer, somebody praying for you, somebody preaching to you, like I'm preaching tonight, and then I'm going to lay my hands on you here in just a few minutes, and in private conversations. Hallelujah. Now let's go over here just a minute. Uh, to uh, 2 Timothy, if you would with me. Thank you so much. I know you're listening to me. and It's hard to say amen when you're chewing because, you, you know, we're feeding. Not making fun. I'm being honest. And I appreciate I can tell there's a sincerity with you uh, in the meetings, not just with me, but the other speakers too, and the praise. Man, I enjoyed that, the praise and worship. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 1 chapter 1 and verse 5 and 6. Let me show you about impartations. Remember we said impartations, uh, you can get them from different, uh, different areas here, laying on hands, preaching, different things, and being around somebody. And that's important. You also get impartations come to us all the time, some good and some bad, from your friends, from music, from books, from TV, from movies, etc., and things that reach your spirit by your ear and your eye especially. You know, I, I came by Coffee Crossing on the way here tonight because I wanted a cup of coffee. And so I drove down. Of course, the movie theater's over that way, and it was, the lot was full. People over there watching movies. Over. Now, I'm not saying that's sinful or evil, but I don't know. I've been there with my grandkids a couple times and different things like that, but there's just not a whole lot worthy of seeing. <laughs> Hallelujah. And like tonight, I don't know what you'll do, but if you, you know, whatever you do when you leave this place, keep it spiritual. And then come in the morning and maybe God will give you some more or something. I don't know, like, like Brother Jordan said, this will be a continuation. I'm teaching a different subject unless the Lord tells me differently. I'm planning to teach on faith, and tomorrow night I'm talking on prayer. And every service will build on something if we're attentive. Hallelujah. I mean, I don't figure that all out in my head. I just do what he tells me to do. But I've looked back and said, well, that was the plan, wasn't it? <laughs> that was the plan God was working in, in what we were doing there. Hallelujah. I'm in 2 Timothy chapter 1, 5 and 6 here. It says, when I call to remember the unfeigned faith, that's really the word there would be better called uh, sincere. Uh, we, the young people, do you all have a name called legit? <laughs> legit faith. I'd say real faith would be another word for that. Unfeigned is just an old English word. It means sincere is the real deal. I call to remembrance the real faith that's in you, talking to Timothy, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. So this, in this case, it was sincere faith that came from grandma to mama to the boy. 
See, see, it came on down. That impartation of faith came on down. You can't get faith unless you're around people that understand faith. You're never going to get faith from somebody that goes to church unless they know about faith. And they live by faith. They can come to church and never live by faith. You know, wag a Bible and mark it up and go home and try to live right and all that. They may be ethical or moral, but living by faith, you've got a purpose to live by faith, and you've got to, you've got to catch it as well as be taught it. You've got to be taught it, but you've got to catch on to faith. This is faith. This is what faith is. This is how faith acts. This is what faith talks. This is the way faith lives. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. It's, faith doesn't make things easier, but faith makes things possible. You've got to write that down. Faith doesn't make things easier, but it makes things possible. I enjoy living by faith. It pleases my Father. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm perfected in it, but I caught something from those that put something in me even in the early years when I was listening to Brother Copeland a lot and learning about faith and righteousness and redemption and some of those types of subjects. Now, let's read, it, read on to verse 6 here a minute. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Isn't that interesting? Paul tells Timothy that he should stir up the gift of God. The gift of who? God. That came through whose hands? Paul's hands. Let me read it from the Amplified. That's why I brought this for this one verse. This is my, one of my Amplified Bibles. That is why I would remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of, and fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of my hand. So God says, I'm going to put something in you that comes from me, but I'm going to put it in you through the man who has hands that are anointed to lay them on you. See, and this is telling us another secret here about impartation. If you'll keep the fan, uh, keep the flame burning, keep it fanned, keep it intense, keep, and you do that by praying in the Spirit, and you do it by reminding yourself what you feel you got at the altar tonight, and you ought to be purposing as I'm talking in your hearts, well, this is what I need. I'm not in sin. I'm not living unclean. But I just know I need to step up another level. I need to jump up into something different because I'm just kind of going along. My heart's right, but I, I don't seem to have the, the power. I don't seem to be able to have the oomph that I should have. And, and, and I need that, God, and I want that sincerely, and I'm going to protect it if I get it. See, There's a lot of people over the years, not only this church, all the churches I've pastored, that had greater giftings and callings and I did my best to get them in it and they refused to take it. They disqualified themselves. They were offended. They were haughty. They were arrogant. They were egotistical. They were full of themselves, full of pride. Some of them full of sin. Some of them flat evil before they left. That's on their side, not mine. I did my part to put something in everybody that comes here. I realize sometimes people say, well, you're just too tough. No, I'm just right. That's all. I'm not being hard on anybody. If I'm hard on anybody, it's on me. My wife can tell you she lives with me. I'm, I'm disciplined in my own personal life. I'm not perfected. I'm not acting like I'm Jesus, but I'm trying my best to be like you. And you can't have what I have or other people have that have something and just float through life. You've got to be diligent. Everybody's diligent about something. Just like everybody's following somebody, everybody's diligent, whatever that turns them on. <clears throat> so God says, I, I'm a, I want you to fan that flame that Paul says to Timothy that I put in you. It was, came from God. It was a gift from him, but it came through my hands. I wanted you to see that here just a minute. Now, why is that so significant? Well, I'm going to tell you. 
I'm going to tell you something here. Let's go back to 1 Samuel chapter 10. I've just got a minute or two more. I've got a couple quick passages here. We could teach for six hours on this, but we just want to help you see that I'm not making this up. And I know you know me and trust me more than that anyway, but, but I'm talking to you about the things that I think... You know, and you may just need something spiritually. You say, I don't know what I need, uh, Father. You may be thinking that before you come up. I don't know what I need, Father, but I just believe for a uh, pastor to minister to me and, and I'll receive what I need to receive to help me move into the, my future. Hallelujah. Back here in 1 Samuel chapter 10, you know, it's a story of uh, King Saul. He was a king. He wasn't a prophet, but... But the prophet Samuel began to minister to him. He said, now you're going to go up in this certain place and, and there's going to be a whole group of prophets coming down off this hill where they've been up there to worship and they're going to be singing and prophesying and different things. And verse 6 says, uh, and the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. This is what I want you to see. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee just like he's coming upon me as I'm talking tonight. And he'll come on you when I lay hands on you. He may be already on some of you already somewhat. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. This is what Samuel the prophet told Saul the king. And thou shalt prophesy with them and shalt be turned into another man. This is what I wanted you to see. When the Spirit of God comes on somebody, they get turned into a different person. You, you could look at me and follow me around, you know, and, and maybe if I eat something that makes me burp or something, you'd say, well, he's just like everybody else. Well, sure I am in my body. I'm a natural person. But that don't mean that I'm... I'm faking what I'm doing now in the Spirit. See, when you get in the Spirit, you become another person. Remember I told that lady, God's given you a new lung. I didn't have, that didn't come to me prior to the meeting. I didn't even remember talking about it. And Pastor Johnny had to call me 10 months later and tell me that that had even taken place. Don't you remember you had a prayer line? Well, sort of, kind of member, but yeah, you hit this lady on the foot real gently, said God's given you a new lung. You didn't say that to any of the others. Well, I got in the Spirit and I changed into a different person. I'm operating more from heaven's viewpoint than I, earthly. And that didn't come out of my brain. That's why I didn't at first, when he said that, I said, did I? It came out of my spirit. It didn't come out of my brain. So when the Spirit comes on you, sometimes it turns you into a different person. And when that happens, look at verse 7. And let it be when these signs are come unto thee, what the prophet told him would happen, that do as occasion serves thee, for God is with thee. See, I'm not trying to be spooky. I'm trying to help you to see there's lots of things that we don't understand, nor will we ever do unless we understand what God's called us to do. I went over to Louisville just a couple years ago. Well, maybe 15 now. I don't know how long. And Pastor Arthur Patterson, some of you remember him, him and his wife Lydia, wonderful people. And they used to come here and preach, and then I, they would come here and preach and bring their band, African-American church from out over in Louisville there, downtown area kind of. And, uh, and then I'd bring my church over there, and I'd preach, and we, our team would do the praise and worship. Anyway, one night I was over there preaching. Liz may remember and, and I had a word about depression and several people came but I got to Tawana Phelps and, and the Lord said hit her in the stomach as hard as you can now this isn't going to encourage you to not come would it what I'm going to tell you but. see I'm talking about see when the spirit comes on you it turns you into a different person I'm not, I'm not saying this to be funny it may sound a little funny and so when she, she stood before me the Lord said I want you to slug her in the stomach Michael and that thing will come out of her well I didn't 
I laid hands on her head and prayed a real good pastoral prayer. If you were there, you probably thought, man, pastor's on it. Well, I wasn't. I was in total disobedience at that moment. And then she stood there a minute like this at the altar after I prayed this good prayer, and then she started back to her seat, and the Lord, he kind of yelled at me. Are you going to obey me or not? He said like that to me. Well, it jarred me into obeying him. I said, yes, sir. I said, Tawana, come back up here. Lift up your hands. I'm glad she closed her eyes. And I, I reeled back and gave her one right in, the, right in the belly. And this evil spirit flew out of her chest and flew out through the wall on the side there. I'm just telling you what happened. And I, after the service, of course, you know, because I really let her have it, I thought, you know, oh. And I said to her privately, I said, Tawana, did you, did you feel when I hit you? She said, you hit me? I just felt the power of God come on me, but something unusual happened. I said, what's that? Something flew out of my chest. And I knew that was the spirit that I'd been depressed with and oppressed by. Yeah, it looked like a bat type of creature. That's all I know to tell you. I could tell you some stories, but I'm just trying to teach you about impartations tonight. Remember down. If, it, if, if there's no fruit in it, then, I, then I'm just making it up. But she told me, and I could tell you four or five other stories, you know, where that happened similarly to me. I was in Davenport, Iowa two years ago. I called a lady out, and I said, I got her up there. She's about 20, 22, 21. I said, you know why you're here? She said, no, you told me to come up. <laughs> she, so she said, I thought you were going to tell me. I said, well, I don't know. I just know I got you up here for some reason. Let's figure it out. Lift your hands up. Can I lay hands on your head? Yes, sir. Laid hands on her head. I discerned this evil spirit, and I said, come out of her. And we were like this. They had a door like that on that side, and she was standing like this. And out from under her armpit flew this being, this creature, flew right through the door and out the door there. Just, it didn't open, it just flew through it. So I said to her, hey, uh, what just happened to you? I didn't tell her what I saw. Didn't say anything to the congregation. Tell me what happened to you. Well, I don't know, said preacher, just the weirdest thing. Something left out from under my armpit here and went out. I said, yeah, you just got delivered. I'm not just talking about deliverance. I'm talking to you about things that can happen when you do what God tells you to do and you're in the spirit. Now, you could make up stuff and get in a lot of trouble slapping ladies, hitting them in the belly. Their husband would love to beat you up in the parking lot. So we're not talking about that, but we're talking about getting impartations and when impartations come to you and as you develop that, you will learn to yield to the spirit better. And it's not just about a public ministry. Your prayer life takes on a different dimension. Your word time takes on a different dimension. Your personal walk with God takes on a different dimension. Hallelujah. Let me show you one last verse. I'm ready to close. 2 Kings. 2 Kings over here. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 13. And I'm going to read this scripture and then I'm going to pray. Did you learn anything tonight? Hallelujah. I want to encourage all of you young people that are interested, many of you do already, come to the mentoring class. Now, right now I'm teaching on a little different subject, you know, walking in the Spirit. But eventually, maybe not this year, but I mean maybe later in September, I might get into the gifts of the Spirit. I'm hoping to take about a year or two and talk about that and help people to, or, or to find out what callings on people and things like that. I want to deal with that. So what about pastors? What's it mean to be a pastor? What does it mean to be an apostle? What's it mean to be a prophet? I can tell you in a nutshell, it means responsibility and work and being misunderstood. So if you're not interested in those things, then you wouldn't be interested. But if you want, I can help you to 
at least somewhat to grow up into the spiritual things that God has for you. And, of course, just coming to church here, you get a flavor of that after a while anyway. All right, I'm here in uh, 2 Kings 13, verse 20 and 21. If you look at this with me, this is important. Because it says, and Elisha died. Now, Elisha was a prophet in the Old Testament. He served Elijah for about 18 years, as far as we know. Some authors say different things. Some say 12, some say 20, some say 18. So I just picked the middle one. But he did serve the man of God for many, many years. And he received of his anointing. But he eventually died himself. And the bands of the Moabites, verse 20, invaded the land at the coming end of the year. Elisha's dead now, and they threw his body in a gravesite. And it came to pass, verse 21, as they were burying a man, that behold, they spied a band of men, and they cast the man into the sepulcher or the burial place of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood up on his feet. Now here's my point. If a dead prophet, his bones had residue of that anointing that caused this other dead man to be raised from the dead, how much you think a live prophet could put in you? Now here's the thing, to raise you up and cause you to be revived. If, if you don't feel like maybe you're up to par or maybe you feel you're up to par but want it even more par. See, it's what I'm talking about. Because the anointing's on me. My son talked about it a little bit. The anointing on me for bring fresh anointing to you tonight. Hallelujah. So somebody could move the pulpit for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, gentlemen. I thank Morgan. I want you to come help me for a minute uh, sweetly on the keyboard.